it's cold, but it's not going to affect us too much. We've all played in cold weather, and we'll be we'll be well prepared for the game. Um, it might not end up being the prettiest game of football. It could end up being a grind. I just got back from where it was snowing last game, so I think a lot of these guys are used to it playing in Europe. I think we're ready to go. You know, the cold is not going to stop us from doing what we do. And with Columbus, we're really comfortable with the fan base. We're really comfortable that it's going to be pro-American. It's going to be intense, and it's going to be loud. We, we just need to take it game by game, win game by game. In CONCACAF, none of these games are easy. I don't ever go into a game and say I want to tie or not get maximum points for me. And the whole point of playing and, and competing is you want to win and get three points. So, And every point is valuable. El Salvador is an example of a team that um, they're not out of it. You know, obviously we're playing at home. We're assuming they're going to come. They're going to be quite conservative, defensive, and they're just going to try and get as many points out of the game as possible. We're in a good position, and by the end of this window, we can be in a great position. Rather than Rash, Robinson! We have high aspirations for our team. Um, we want to qualify for the World Cup. That's the most important thing. The level right now in the team is amazing, and I think that, yeah, I think that we're taking steps to, to be giant CONCACAF. Ohio and there you hear it the fans here are going wild and why are they going wild because of this moment Anthony Robinson who would have thought he'd provide your game winner but there it is in the 52nd minute flipping out as the Americans collect three crucial points against El Salvador on the road to Qatar Anthony Robinson your game winner from the back line Great to have you with us from here in Columbus. Casey Keller, Hercules Gomez, Jermaine Jones, Sebastian Salazar, and a few of the, the hardy, the rowdy fans who <laughs> stuck around. Yeah, we give got a Salvador fan who's uh, stuck around for this one. Um, guys, wow, what, what a day, what, what a performance in some ways in that second half. What, what was your big takeaway from, from the game? That somehow they made it possible to win this game. <laughs> and that's how it is, really. Like, if you go through all the games, second half they made it somehow and they win the games. And I think that's for that young group, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it really wasn't the best performance, but it's three in the bag, Herc. I mean, it's a typical Greg Berhalter performance. Doesn't start off well. Adjustments, gets the result in the second half, pulls it out here at home. You know, it, by no stretch of the imagination was it pretty. Barely effective, but they grinded it out in the most, I guess, U.S. Men's National Team this cycle type of way. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty consistent, uh, I think, throughout this cycle is that uh, it hasn't been effective in the first half. Uh, they've been able to find the goals when they've needed it. They've ridden their luck at times. Couple little opportunities that El Salvador had, flashes wide, uh, but in the end, you know, three points. We talked about in the pregame that we're waiting for that comprehensive round. That round where they just pick up nine points, beat some teams comfortably. Well, it hasn't started that way yet. Are we still in some way waiting for like a comprehensive game? Have we seen that yet from the U.S.? Yes. Really? Yes. Where? What? The Mexico game in Cincinnati. It wasn't comprehensive. That's, that's a comp against the rival. Those are serious. No, it, no it, was, it, was, it was a great win. But I mean, well, when those games where you, you just roll you, somebody. I think what you're talking about, and what you're talking about is that killer instinct. Well, yeah, it's dominating the way. You should dominate yeah. like well, tonight. Well, they should have dominated well, this game. Well, and Osara Osar looked pretty good in what they did. That's okay. No, I give Hugo Perez a lot of credit. Very much a lot of credit for Hugo Perez in, in that national league. But here's the thing if you put the chances you have in the first half away, if what Jesus are those? Jesus Ferreira on the six, inside oh, yeah. the six. Two, I mean, that one, of correct. Two of them, 100%. You put, you put those well, away, the, it's the, a different the, game. The first one was from a little more difficult angle. It correct. had to be precise. The, the second, second one, one was a dunk. Yeah. 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 But it's still, if you guys go back and you look the games, look all the games. You say there's like one game where you say like from the first minute to the last minute, it was completely USA controlling the game. No, 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 no. Is that really, is that really what we expect? No, wait, 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 wait. against El Salvador in 30 degree weather in Columbus? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. You got Champions League players. No, you're, you're right. You're right. El Salvador is playing second, in the second USL. To last, second I'm sorry. to last place yeah. in World Cup qualifying. You're playing at home in Columbus. It's really sacred ground for U.S. soccer. Yeah. You had enough 
opportunities in the match to put him away in the first half. You don't, and again, you leave another team hanging around that can hurt you. We saw it with Jamaica, we saw it with Costa Rica. If El Salvador has a little bit more life, a little bit more spring in their step in that final no, third and the second they, half. They just need a better players. They need yeah. a better squad. They don't have it, and they didn't get punished because of it. And But, but again, this is nitpicking. Right. And the right. Reason, won. And the reason why we can do that is because it's three points. And we don't have to get super negative, and, and I don't think it's warranted. But there's still a point where we know this group of players, the clubs they're at, it, the it. elevation they're having, the talent they have, we know they can play better than this. Uh, one of the things we talk about a lot with this team is age. Do you think some of the struggles that we're seeing early on in games against CONCACAF competition just comes down to a, a lack of experience? For all the talent, there's not the experience at the international level. You know, the, it, it can be a part of it, but I don't think so because of a lot of them, they play in top leagues and, top, and play a top team. So they know what it means to play under pressure, right? And I think it's just, I don't know, it's the condition maybe too for them to, to step yeah. into it and figure this out. But it's like, it's a, it's a young group and they will learn and they will get better and better. It's the a young group, but it's thing. also an inconsistent group. Yes. Jermaine, we don't yes. always see the same 11. You think yes. that plays a role? Of course, that plays a role, definitely. I would yeah. say, like, if you switch up and have always different players in the starting eleven, it is difficult because you have to adapt to every player's uh, different qualities. Jermaine, let me ask you a question. You play Champions League football. When you go from Champions League football to all of a sudden World Cup qualifying here in CONCACAF and you play against some of these opponents who sometimes don't do tactically the correct thing, sometimes go into rash challenges, sometimes things are different, it's an experience that you have to go through, that you have to learn from. Now imagine doing that 19, 20, 21 years of age, where you don't have those veteran players to lean on, like, hey, relax, hey, you know, you don't have, it's a learning process, and I think you're going through the growing pains. Yeah, yeah. But, but I have to say yes and no, because I say the toughest part is like, if you come from playing in Europe and you're coming back, we're talking about conditions in CONCACAF, if you go play in Jamaica and the field's condition, that's the problems then, because then you play into what they want to, you to play. But if you play in here, the field is good. This guy still can step it up and can play different. And I don't want to be like, just criticize them. I say, I think it's it's an age thing, you know, an age, so that they have to learn, they go to faces, and you can see it, like, consistently. Like, there's players like Pepe scoring, then he's going through his face right now. Now he had to sit on the bench today. So other guys have to step up. Well, but let's go back. Let's You, you, you brought him up. Let's talk about the new challenges that Ricardo Pepe has. You go from... Dallas, where you have a, a breakout start of the season, the goals dry up, you get into the national team, you score a couple goals, right? Now the big move comes. But the difference is, you're not a Bayern Munich. You're at a team where chances are going to be few right, and scarce. far between. Yeah. You're going to grind and fight and do everything you can to stay in the Bundesliga. There's a different challenge. Now, there for me is the experience right. having to go down to El Salvador now and go, wow, I got to fight. This isn't easy. This is a fight from day one. You know, when Pepe made that move, there was a lot of people that questioned. I think Jurgen Klinsmann did it on our show, didn't yeah, he? Right before, before, before the move. He said, hey, if, if you leave FC Dallas, you may put in danger your World Cup spot. I mean... In a month, we've seen it's jeopardized his spot with his team. I mean, he could potentially be in Bundesliga too by the time the World Cup rolls around. Mm. And if Josh Sargent scoring goal at the Premier League, if Jordan Pifak finds his way Which back. Which happened before the roster if, was announced. If, correct. If Daryl Dike is healthy, starts finding form in the championship, they get promoted. I don't think anything's a guarantee. You're 19 years old right now. Nothing is guaranteed, especially in a World Cup. Well, and but you're in a system, sorry, Jermaine, you're in a system that has basically one position for that. Correct. Right? Yes. You're not in a 4-4-2, four, four, a 3. You're that all of a sudden, Jesus Fede is in yeah, the mix. Yeah. I, I think he, he, that this move don't made it easy for him because the, the, the team, Augsburg is a team in the first division who's like fighting to stay in the first division. But still, he's on the big say transfer market his numbers are high so if they go down in the second division he will be the first one who yeah. gets sold somewhere else yeah. <laughs> that's that's how easy it is is it good for him it's a different question maybe it would be smarter to stay with dallas have the cycle going through going to the world cup and then i'm make not advocating choice, for no? him to stay in dallas no. by the way but right. th no but this is the way i always look at it when it comes to national team your club career comes first you perform well for your club then you get the opportunity with the national team. It's not the other way around. I don't look at it and go, okay, what decisions am I gonna make as a 19-year-old based on 
a potential of a few games in a World Cup. For me, it's about you have an awesome career, and guess what? The national team will be there. But I, but I have another question on all of you. What is if he says, I'm going to Bayern Munich? Maybe bigger team, better team, playing about the champion. But don't get the chance to play. Instead, go right. to Augsburg and have the time to play. It's maybe a situation. It's tough to, to score goals. I like the grind. I like the grind yeah. for me. I like to go somewhere yeah. where you're going to play. Go to a, like a but, but also, it, well, but also, <laughs> can we find ourselves in a place you can develop but, and play. But, but also at 19, you have that opportunity to go into the second team. Uh, Davies did that. Alfonso Davies didn't go straight into the Correct. Bayern Munich first team. He went there. He took some time. He then had a little bit of an issue. They brought his family over, yeah. tried to help the changed transition. Position. Yeah, changed position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then preseason, and then went, well, we got something here. Yep. We got something that you can't coach. We got the fastest guy in the league. We can work with this. The uh, goal tonight did not come from the number nine position. Instead, it came from a left back in Anthony Robinson. We got Sam Borden down, hustling the sidelines, trying to wrangle as many American players as he can. Just moments ago, he scored with the match winner. Anthony, can you describe what goes through your mind when you see the ball hit the back of the net? First thing that went through my mind, to be honest, I told my friend tonight I was going to score and do the celebration I did. Um, so I just felt like, you know, dream come true. Let's talk about that celebration. I think a lot of us thought you'd actually pulled your hamstring. What was going on there? Um, a few years ago when I was at Everton, a kid did the same celebration against us. And my best friend, he's been saying to me for weeks, you've got to do it. Every time I score, he's like, why didn't you do it? So I pulled out. What do you think about uh, this window? What does this win do for you guys and your confidence? Oh, it's, it's huge, you know what I mean? Obviously, I don't know how the rest of the group's got on, but for us, we just want to win. We've been taking a game by game, prepared for this game. It wasn't the prettiest performance. I think at times we did well, uh, missed a few key chances, but in the end, we got the win, you know, through the determination. We kept a clean sheet, and you know, now it's on to the next game. It's on to Canada. Thanks very much. Great work from Sam, great goal from Anthony Robin in, Robinson in the 52nd minute. I'll put him up as man of the match. You got any problem with that? No, I mean, for lack of someone else, I thought Musa was solid. Mm -hmm. I thought Tyler Adams wasn't at his best today. Uh, defensively, weren't, the U.S. weren't really pushed. No. Um, so in a lot of ways, I, I thought Anthony Robinson continued to press in good positions, supported well, and then got the reward for working that hard to get into that advanced position. Left back used to be a position of weakness, a question mark for this team. Now it's almost a source of strength. You didn't like Johnny Bornstein? What is, what's your, what's that was 100 deal? years ago, bro. That was my generation. Relax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what it is? It's always been an enigma for the U.S. men's national team. Like, who could be that left back? At one point, it was Johnny Bornstein. At one point, it's Demarcus Beasley. You know, yeah, it's Demarcus. Frankie Haydock Frank, would play out you know, there. Dude. Yeah, not since Eddie just, Lewis have yeah. you had like a, a consistent. Well, but Eddie was a left midfielder right, who converted. slid back there right. who helped. Yeah, right. So, so, so Anthony Robinson by default is that guy. It's right not now. default anymore. Well, I mean, Greg Berhalter said it the other day. By default is that guy, but he proves it. He's one of no. these guys that's just I think effective. he got the chance by default right. and then has completely taken the position into yeah. his own. I don't, I don't see a lot of weaknesses in his game, Jermaine. I mean, he's a strong guy. He clearly can put the ball into dangerous spots. I mean, he can do it on the defensive and in the attack. I, I think you can see he's solid. He's just doing his job. You see, in the beginning of the game, he if it comes to the point he has to win the tackle, he takes his teammate, Christian Pulisic, in <laughs> out of guy out of the team. <laughs> you know? so he's Get like, out of the way, Christian. Yeah. So he, he's solid, and he's like, you know, he's humble how you can see in the interviews what he says you know and um i don't know if i would give him the man of the match to be honest but i think he no he pick a midfielder him. go ahead yeah, you yeah, want to pick, someone, a pick someone in. <laughs> who, who was it if it wasn't him who was it i, I would put up another name but i want to hear yours first uh, uh, weston really yeah he was I, that good tonight he grew into the game. yeah he grew into the game but if you criticize or we criticize him, him for the right. last games and everything and you can see he steps it up he steps it up for club and he comes here if he had scored he the header carried. if he had scored the header right. i give it then to him but yeah, it's not only sure. scoring i know, know I, I agree with you but i so, think yeah. that would have that would have capped you know, off a, a solid performance because then yeah. there's the other question if robinson don't score the goal no no, that hey, but, but doesn't that tell you something about the that, performance? That changes the game. Doesn't though. that talk yeah. about the performance? Well, but also it says to me when when you look at the energy from the left back position, we we talked about the first half, it was down, it wasn't what it needed to be, but then here's a guy who works that hard with the hope of the ball falling to the far right. post. It's not just standing back at midfield going, okay, I've covered my spot. No, I'm going to get there knowing that if it breaks down, I can run the 50 yards back to cover defensively as well. 
uh, I like a guy that, that, that puts that effort in. You know, in. Seth, to just close out Anthony Robinson, sometimes when I see him, I see a player that's very mechanical. And I, I'm thinking to myself, like, how does he get himself in these positions? Like, how does he, how is he smart enough to just be simple enough? And then you see him in the final third find great opportunities, whether it's trying to slip the ball in, whether it's getting the end of something. And you realize, like, he's cerebral in the right type of way. But that's the final piece of his game. <laughs> is to get that uh, more consistency of service into the box. Yeah. And, and you can tell in this cycle, it's getting better. It's not where it needs to be to, to really be that marquee player, but it's, it's getting better. Yeah. It wasn't uh, maybe the greatest performance, so there's not an obvious man of the match. I might throw out another name like Tim Weah. I thought he was really, really uh, good tonight. Matt Turner didn't see a lot of action. It was a big storyline nope. pregame, Casey. We talked about it. Hey, he's going to start. We didn't, I didn't think. Uh, what did I say in the pregame? He I wouldn't said, have a lot of work. He, he yeah. may have had one thing that mm -hmm. he has to be ready to do. It didn't really materialize. He had one comfortable save down to his right in the first half from distance. But, again, clean what he needed to be. Service out of the back with his feet was really what he had to do most of the time. Made the right choices. Big picture, Casey. Do you think we're headed back towards the goalie controversy? Because when he starts Zach Steffen against Mexico, and Steffen plays as well as he does, you say, okay, it's his job. Again, right. that's what Greg Berhalter wants. Now, here's the reality. Zach Steffen is always hurt. This is a back injury. Back injuries, they don't, they don't just get, you know, they just get well overnight. Are we looking at a situation where we're back into the same spot we were two months ago? Uh, there's a really good chance of that. Um, and I, I think mean, if Turner plays well these three games and they go they go nine for nine, how are you going to give the job back well, to Stephanie? Not, he doesn't really have to play well or have a lot of work. If I'm Matt Turner, I'm like, hey, look at my numbers. Look at my shutouts. Because there's a lot more to being a goalkeeper than actually stopping the ball. We could say, like, he didn't see a lot of work, but Case Yeah, but, but that's what you're judged right? on the most. No, but yeah, of course, but the back line. Oh, he took a great goal kick, Hurt. No, I'm glad he made a oh, save. Organizing my back line, making sure the fire's yeah, put out before yeah. it even gets there. There's a lot of. Well, uh, and, and, and part of it, as they talk about, is, is kind of what's your presence? Is your presence confidence building for the people in front right. of you? And he's truly shown that. He's shown that. He, now, the question mark's going to come. The reason why he was able to push Stefan was because he was playing week in and week yeah. out, and Zach wasn't. Now, what's the situation happens is this move that looks like it's happening yep. to Arsenal, and then now you've got two goalkeepers that aren't playing. Warm up, Sean Johnson. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that's, that's a perfect segue because Taylor basically broke the news before we went on the air that, that it looks like that deal to Arsenal from the New England Revolution is done. If you're Greg Berhalter, and I got to tell you, Herc on this show says all the time, goalies are different. They don't need to be playing every week. They're I say they're not, they're not human. Competition. They're not human. Casey, please tell this man he's wrong. You can't they're have not both human. your they're number not regular one people. and they're, your number two well, back Look at this guy next to me. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But I think the thing that makes it easier is if you have a goalkeeper that's 34 years old. Yeah, and has, neither of these guys are that. That's what I'm saying. And has 500 games experience. Right. And then maybe he finds himself in a situation where he's not playing. You're like, okay, he's been there. He's done. You got a couple guys that are still you know, waiting to truly establish themselves at the international and at the at the club level internationally. So I love what he's done. The trajectory as it shows and rightfully show is, is nice and sharp. But then the problem is, is what happens if you get yourself into a situation where you go four months, five months, six months, and you've played two games and a handful of reserve games. Go on, Herc, tell him what you said. No, 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 no. Well, I said I don't think it matters. I think that you can mimic certain situations, but decision-making for a goalkeeper might be different. Everybody's different. What I will say, Seb, is I, th I think you touched on something. And at, at first, it was Greg Berhalter opening the door for Matt Turner, right? And Matt Turner taking advantage of it. We're starting to see a trend with Zach Steffen, and I think Zach Steffen's the one leaving this door open. Mm. Because last year, it was when he was in Germany, it was the knee. You know, and yeah, he was, missed the whole second half of the right. season. Right, and yeah. then it was then it's back Nations tightness League. at the be beginning of this, and it, you know, all of a sudden back tightness again. It's Zach Steffen because I'm a big Zach Steffen believer. I love his game with his feet. I love what he can do. I think he's very good shot stopper. Do you think he's that much better goalie than Matt Turner? Uh, I, I do, I do rate Zach Steffen, but Zach, I think Matt Turner's a winner, and he's a great shot stopper, and he's proven it. There's something to be said. It's like a goal score. You can't take him out if he's scoring goals. Matt Turner's posting shutouts every yeah, time he true. plays. Well, man, here's the trickier part with Zach Steffen. He's getting injured when he's not even playing. Mm. You know, that's that's 
as that's a field a tough player one. to make. Don't, you, I, don't you want your goalie playing every week? Of course, but I'm honest with, 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 with the Hulk. It's like when you see that they're letting the or Stefan lets the door mm. open, you know? Yeah. And it's like normally as a game player, you know, like you want to play every weekend. You, that's you why know, Jermaine never came off. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because when you come off, like, somebody else exactly. comes in. You, you're giving somebody the chance to yeah. shine. Yeah. And that's yeah. how it is. And like Stefan gives him the chance to shine. I don't know if it's like injuries or, you know, but it's like too many injuries. Like he opens up the door for. And, and, and you know, and let's be honest, nobody okay. wants to be in. Right. Nobody's doing Not, it on to no fault it's, of his own. Yeah, right? it's yeah. just one of those things, and it's and it's it's more frustrating for him than it is for all of us. So it is. It, it's tough, and you you hope that that corrects itself. You hope that somehow they're playing regularly. Both of them have that opportunity, but. But right I tell now, you, I, it doesn't I, look like that's going to happen. I'll tell you this. Stefan, what he's doing, he's making it tough for Craig Berhalter. Absolutely. Greg, it seems point, like Berhalter wants to choose Stefan. Yes, but then at one point, there's no excuses anymore. Yep. Because now after well, but then, Matt Turner was playing amazing, he called it and said, okay, I'm going with Stefan. And it worked. Okay, and it now, worked. And now, it worked. It worked. Now, what happens? Let's fast forward to March. Now, you've got... Zach Steffen, fit, but not playing. Matt Turner makes the move to Arsenal, and he's not going to step right into the first team. So now he's gone a couple months without playing. Ethan Horvath is it's, nowhere near. You yeah, know, yeah nowhere it's near an starting. awkward situation. I but mean, it's I not think ideal. Opened, I think Greg right, takes two it game very by game. good goalkeepers. Greg takes it by game by game. That's the thing. Yeah, and yeah. maybe sometimes he, he overthinks it. But Mexico, he's like, I'm going to play Zach Steffen because I want to play through the press. He's better with his feet. And if I recall correctly, last time we were in Ohio, this man over here to my right, when he saw his beloved team, another Dos Acero, what did he say? Controversy's over. It's Zach Steffen's job. Did you not? Oh, yeah. I thought for sure. I thought once Greg Berhalter, in my opinion, gave him the job back. And he played as well as he did against Mexico. I thought there's no way he loses it, of course, barring he, he injury. Didn't, he didn't have to lose barring it. Barring injury. He, he, yeah. he just wasn't capable of going, and the next person stepped up. Now, I think the one nice part that when we saw uh, Matt Turner emerge um, was that, okay, now we're not worried as much if Zach pulls up injured or if somebody's not playing or something happens. We know we've got somebody. You, you've not you know, had that since this Two bald guys were battling it out in the early 1900s. Well, and then and then two other bald guys <laughs> took over for yeah. us in, uh, yeah. in in Tim and Guzan. So, yeah, and yeah. in the end, it's it's a good problem to have, right? You got two goalies that that the coach seems to trust. That's 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 what every coach wants, you know. And at the end, he has the the tough the tough situation to make a pick, you know. And um, and we were just we will all talk about it when he's pick pick Jermaine, pick one. I would go with Matt Turner. Ooh, look at that. He went against you. You and your Zach Steffen loving ways. Uh, <laughs> I like playing the ball with the feet. No, I, mean, I, I, I just... Case, why I tell, him, tell him, tell him how little important that is. You always <laughs> say, you don't care. You don't what care. does this mean, Case? Look, <laughs> it, 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 what we, do you want from your goalie? You want somebody juggling the ball out of the back? Look, once you get to the point where you're under pressure, where you're playing better teams, you're not playing out of the back. Right. You're, you, yeah. you need to make a couple one-on-one saves. You need to make a big save. You need something... You know, uh, you know, Gonzalez at the other end, although there was a couple situations coming off his line right. that were a little interesting, but even excellent save on the goal on, on, on the first the attempt, initial, another yeah. good save to keep it it. So do you care if he's playing back or do you need him to make a couple saves? And you're right. Uh, your ultimately, if you want to make a run realistically in a World Cup, because that's the ultimate yes, goal, right? Correct. It's, it's, it's as the... Skill level gets harder as the talent level gets harder. As the phases go, a group phase, second round, the competition will get better. Chances are you won't be dictating the possession and you won't need that type of goalkeeper. Correct. Let's in, get, go ahead. But is it good in, to in, have? In, of course. In, in, a, in a, what I add to all this stuff is I think is like, and you can agree on it, is as a player, you want a goalkeeper who's consistently in his goal. In that you have to be scared that he's one day there, next game he's injured right. maybe. Oh, I like living dangerous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we promised you some Sam Borden interviews here. Uh, let's get it back down to Sam, who moments ago spoke with Tim Weah. Tim, how would you describe the emotion at the end of a night like this? Uh, man, it's, it's very positive. I think getting the three points is always, always great. Now we just have to refocus uh, for the Canada game, but uh, we're surely happy tonight. And, um, you know, a solid performance. We started out a bit slow. But, um, you know, we ended up coming back and making up for it in the second half. What was the difference between the two halves? Uh, I, I just think we, we, we weren't awake in the first half. 
um, maybe came into the game a little too confident. So, um, you know, going, going into the second half a bit more humble. And uh, we executed, got a few chances. Um, even in the first half, I, I feel like we should have scored a bit earlier, but um, that's the game, and uh, we took care of business tonight, so that's a positive. What do you take from this as you now go towards the game against Canada? Uh, man, uh, we take we take uh, nothing but positives out, the, out, out of this match, and we just have to you know, continue on this, on, on this path, and uh, hopefully we get back into training, uh, work on some stuff, and be ready for the Canada game. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. He wasn't there tonight, guys, but Tim Weah, clearly another talented young American player who's turning that talent into final product. He was really good this evening, Jermaine. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy, good player, and um, I think they're a little bit first better, better touch. I think he can score, but um, yeah, good good game to him today. Better service, right? If that ball's clipped to the, to the back post, I think he's uh, all alone and can finish that. He's always dangerous. He's always very direct. He's got blazing speed. I think he's getting better of knowing how to use that speed. His touches his touches in the final third are, are crisper. He's just a dangerous player, but you can see the frustration in the first half. That's what I took out of Tim Weah's play. I remember his frustration in the first half. Things got easier in the second half. The goal... Uh, open the game up a bit more and you can see him getting more comfortable. The first half I saw him very frustrated. There are like so many options in those wide attacking positions for Greg Berhalter. You think Tim Way is in the top two of those options? Yeah, well, you would think so. If, if, if you're having Josh Sargent who's sliding out wider mm -hmm. for Norwich, starting in the Premier League, and he doesn't even get called into the squad. To a 28-man squad. Yeah, yeah. You have to be thinking that that he's got to be very happy with Wea. Obviously, Aronson can play both sides. He didn't start today. He's on a lot of big clubs' radar at the moment. Yeah, I don't know, Casey. Um, Pulisic isn't, you know, obviously frustrated at Chelsea, but yeah. Where do we think Gio Reyna's going to play? Yeah, well, Gio Reyna as well. Yeah. You know? Don't even forget. Yeah. You, you, because he's been injured for the majority of the season. You know, is, he, Gio, is he a winger or is he a central midfield No, Gio, Gio's wide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you play either, but you're not going to move Musa. You're not going to move the MMA midfield, right? You're not, you're not disrupting that no, midfield. Gio, but Gio doesn't play that, that line back. For Dortmund, he's always playing that higher line. So, and you can see how effective he is coming inside, right. connecting. Obviously, it helps when you got that's a player a, so like Early Holland to, to, right, to, to play feed. the ball yeah. too. We talk about not having a number nine. There's a so who's ahead a pretty of solid for you, number nine. Who's ahead of you? Gio would be one of those. He's yeah. a guy that you always right have there, to have yeah. on the field. I think Brendan, yeah. Brendan Aronson, with how productive he's been, I don't know how you keep him out. He yeah, just that's always, tough. You know, that's a tough question. Yeah, Christian yeah. Pulisic, you're not moving Christian Pulisic. No. We just said he's no, the face of course not. Absolutely not. No question So is he top two? No, I don't think so. But I mean, with with Lille, with the way he's playing and the way he keeps connecting with Jonathan David, he can continue to prove himself. It'll be difficult for him not to get opportunities. Look, Greg's proven one thing. Guys are going to play under him. Yep. You know, every window, 20-something guys, guys right? play. Yeah. Well, there, there's the other piece, right? I mean, uh, this squad doesn't look like a squad of 11, 12, 13. Right. Greg's, if, if he pulls Jesus Ferreira out of nowhere to start him in this match. He's not afraid to make changes. To that point, though, is that why we see some of the inconsistencies? I mean, that's what yeah. Jermaine said. Well, and that's what was nice to see a consistent kind of back line. I can't believe I'm asking this. It's almost like, is it too big a squad? No, there's no such thing. Right. Um, but, but there is a point when you have to stop trying to keep people happy mm. and say, guess what? This guy is playing better and we're not going to change it. Now, where it makes it easier for a national team is you play these three games in seven days and then you go away for a month and a half. So now it's like, oh, I kind of forgot what happened there and I can kind of reassess what's going on right now. Exactly. And I think yeah. that's what's difficult sometimes. And obviously someone who's fallen victim to that is Ricardo Pepe, mm. who you know was on the tip of everybody's tongue in the last qualifying cycle. And then... MLS finishes, there's a break, goes on winter break, goes to Augsburg, doesn't score again, and then doesn't start in this match. You know, I, I see this all the time. I don't know about you guys, but I see this all the time where, where there are different forms for different competitions, whether that's club competitions, cup, league, uh, champions, whatever, or may that be national team. You know, you see like in a case like Edu Vargas at Chile when he was in the Bundesliga, mm. it was club situation. He didn't consistently put the ball in the back of the net. He had a lot of trouble, but when he put on that national right. team jersey it was different and the form was different there are certain players sometimes a coach i think needs to realize who those players are Ricardo Pepe, this would have been an unbelievable opportunity to get him but, back on but track Herc, back to the point you, you you talked about the goalkeeping situation earlier i think that's easier when you're dealing with 28 30 32 year old guys that have been in your national right. team for 
eight years. You're talking about guys that are in their first cycle, most of them. And then the guys who weren't failed in the in their first cycle. So it is, it's that trust. By the way, Jesus Ferreira is his second World Cup qualifying game. So Right, <laughs> yeah. but those are... I want, to, um, I want to dive in on something that you touch on, this, this MMA midfield. Why do you think it works so well, McKinney, Moose, and Adams? I think the key is Adams because he's doing a lot of work. He's doing a lot of dirty work, you know. He's just moving around from left to right. He's not that, going that much forward, but that gives the freedom for Weston and for Musa. And I think Musa is the better, the, from all three, the one with the ball the best. But then you have the mix between them all. They all have different strengths. And I think Weston, that's why Weston can shine because Adam is the one who covers him a lot. And that's, that makes a difference in this team. And yet tonight, they didn't dominate. No, but they complement each other very well, like yeah. Jermaine is saying. You know, uh, you look at Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams is a guy that usually cleans up the mess and he's very clean. He wasn't so clean tonight, but he's but at usually- least, At least it was clean right. in the passing. It wasn't clean in the, de it wasn't Correct. dirty in the defensive side. The defensive yeah. side was for, great. For my money, he gave the ball away too much. It's not not a Tyler Adams typical performance, uh, you know, so he cleans that up. He's more of the enforcer back there. Eunice Musa is the guy who's very smooth on the ball, connecting passes, going through lines with I his dribble. Like he drives. He drives, so yeah, He's very much like a Darlington Nagby, you know, and mm. I don't want to bring another yeah. player. But, but here's the difference. And, and you will identify with this because I think he's a lot like you, is Weston McKinney. You can't tell Jermaine Jones or Weston McKinney, like, hey, stay here. You know, they feel the game. They hunt the ball. There is tactically, they take chances, and it pays off because, you know, Jermaine scores a World Cup goal because he was there. He was in that he was in that position at the right time to have that shot. Weston McKinney gets on the end of things because he takes chances going into the box. They complement each other very well. And why can you do that? And you can do that because you have that anchor of, of Tyler Adams behind. Right that moves so well laterally to cover that kind of space. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a midfield with a lot of goals in it suddenly between McKinney and Musa. These are guys who can contribute to the attack. Yeah, it's it's it, you, you know what I what I like to see the the next games coming up with Reynas coming back because I can see too that that at one point, Musa is the one who comes out, to be honest. Really? Yeah. And then Christian Even though Kulicic. you said he's the best on the ball. I tell you, he's the best. But look at the point. Like, if you put Reyna on, on Christian Pulic's position, put Pulic's back in, you have two six with Adams mm. and Ping, and then you have a 10 who can go forward. Good because you saw, Good because you saw today, Christian wanted to come in the whole time mm -hmm. because he got frustrated out there because that's outside is like a 1-1 one -one situation. Yeah. Is yeah. that a solution here to get no. other guys into those wide positions no. to find we, another we, spot we've to seen, We've it? seen other national team coaches, other coaches in general make this mistake. I want to get my best players on the field instead of just finding your best team. You know, you have to find your best team. And I, honestly, the way things are going, the way Greg tinkers, at some point in time I can see Christian playing as a false nine if he wants to get Gio on there because I don't think you move a guy like Brendan Aarons. And I think at times, like your most productive team, when he wants to get guys on, it may be a Brendan Aronson, it may be a Gio Reyna, it may be a Christian Pulisic on the field at the same time. And if that's the case, we may see a Christian Pulisic, as much as I hate saying it, as a false nine. But anyway, what why do you, sorry, sorry, why do you hate saying it? Because you're taking Christian Pulisic out of where he plays the best. You're taking Christian Pulisic out of where he's most effective. I mean, we see it with Chelsea, with some of the best players in the world around him and how ineffective that could be. That's not his best position. When Christian Pulisic is facing players, when he's allowed to be from the touchline going in, like Jermaine says, to create, to dribble, to engage, he's so much stronger, he's so much better, he affects the game differently. False nine, use his movement to open things up for others. I don't care about other people with Christian Pulisic <laughs> on the field. I want Christian Pulisic on the ball. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah but it's like when we talked about it, Re remember, Greg Berhalter started sometimes Adams as the right back because no. he's trying to figure it out to keep <laughs> just him no. Players, you know? <laughs> Casey just yeah. said no. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, yeah. But, I mean, but he, uh, yeah. He, was, he was trying to see yeah, how yeah, he yeah, can yeah. fit the players yeah, yeah. because right. he needed another spot open yeah. there so then he can pull yeah. Weston back, you know? Yeah, I think that speaks to Tyler Adams and how cerebral he can be because you see, you see Nagelsmann do the same thing with Tyler Adams and he can yeah. become like that central player when the ball's on the opposite side. But are we getting too cute? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, that, and that's part of what this is about. It's about just kind of thinking outside the box and trying to figure out how this team you know can can work the best and and I think that's what's tough that you know sometimes as Americans uh, particularly you, you go to a club and you're trying to get yourself on the pitch and maybe sometimes you have to play in a position that you don't particularly want to play it but you have to play there because guess what maybe there's somebody who's better than yeah. you at yep. your club but you're proving to the coach you deserve to be on the field and they move you around a little Never bit. Never happened yeah. to me. And I, and I think, 
you got to be on the field. (laughs) So then then I think, so let's look at Josh Sargent right now. When you look at Norwich, Norwich are saying, look, we can't afford to have a real offensive uh, overload. You got Timo Pukki, who's... He's Truly a nine he's forever. He's proven his worth. He's yes. a nine right now. So, but what does Josh Sargent do? I do what I need to do to make sure I'm on this field for the team. And if it means go wide, if it means tracking back, if it yep. means tackling, then I do that because that might be the best way, first of all, for me to get on the pitch, and second of all, for stay North on City the pitch. to stay yeah. <laughs> in the Premier League yeah. and keep me on the pitch. And so I think sometimes you have to shuffle things around. For example, there was a time at Rangers – where Claudio Reyna was playing a right wing back or right back at times. So what does that mean? Does that mean then Bruce doesn't call him in because Steve Schrundelow's playing there? <laughs> no, you bring him in and he comes back centrally because spot, you yeah. have that at that stage yeah, and you yeah. have to do that. That's just sometimes the way it works. All right, gentlemen, we've been waiting for a little while to bring you Greg Berhalter's post-match press conference. Let's listen in and then we'll react afterwards. Hey, Greg, thanks for doing this. Um, when you took off Christian in the 64th minute, was that for a performance or was that programmed? And then I just wanted your perspective on, it seemed like he had difficulty at times keeping possession. Wasn't much of a factor in the attack at times too. Did you see any reason as to why that was? Thanks. So overall, happy with Christian's effort in the game. Uh, I think the effectiveness could have been more, as you mentioned, and at that, looking at that moment in the game, looking at where we thought the game was headed, we wanted to get him off and get some fresh legs in. We put Brendan in, a guy who we know can can repeat high-speed runs and really is relentless attacking the back line. So we thought it was a sub that was going to give us some help. Regarding Christian, it's it's just about him finding his his top form and really finding ways to get him. To in front of goal because that's where he really shines when he's in front of the, the penalty box is when he does his best work Next would be Paul Tenorio from The Athletic Thanks Michael. Um, Greg you mentioned Jesus Ferrer's performance tonight had a couple chances in front of goal wasn't able to convert. You guys have scored goals in qualifying. 13 goals second most in the group um, 10 of those have come outside of the number 9 position. Is that something you're okay with by design that you want the wingers and fullbacks getting involved or is there a concern of trying to find ways to to get some goals out of that number nine position as we move forward in qualifying well i think as you you mentioned paul he had enough chances to score a couple goals so that's the most important thing if he didn't have any chances in the game i would have been concerned but he did have chances and i think it's just a matter of of him being able to finish those off Regarding his link-up play, I thought it was excellent. A number of times he was setting players up, as we expected him to do. So overall, although we might try to judge number nines by their goal production, I still think he had a solid performance. Next will be Drake Hills from the Tennessean. Hey, Greg, I had a quick question just about, you mentioned a little bit about the combination play, and I wanted to talk about particularly when when Pulisic was on, um, the combination between Musa, uh, McKinney, and Wea, and also Dest sometimes a little bit on the right-hand side versus the left. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, from your standpoint, why do you think that was a little bit more um, dense uh, as compared to uh, on the left when, when Pulisic and, and, and Musa and Robinson were involved? Yeah, that, that's a good observation. And I think it's just it starts with the positioning. It's important to have a winger high on their line, ready to stretch their back line. It gives us space in our attack. And on the right side, we had that. We had Timmy in position the entire time to get behind them. We had Serginio joining, and we had Weston helping out on that side. On the other side of the field, at times, Christian was too low. That meant, that meant Anthony was even lower, and it was hard to really get any any forward momentum to, to start producing combinations, especially to stretch them behind. So... It, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but I think the goal came from the left side. I also think the, the second half we we changed. We had a, a lot more success on the left side of the field, so it was um, in the end happy with that we were able to get that left side back on track. Next to be Ron Blum from the Associated Press. Hey Greg, uh, looking at I think eleven of the thirteen goals have been in the second half, and the adjustments you've made at halftime have clearly worked. 
would you like to see anything different in the first halves looking at the overall arc? Is it being more conservative in the first half before being more aggressive? Or are you happy with everything so far on that? Well, in, in terms of happiness, I, I, I wouldn't say this, is, this was our best game. We didn't finish enough of our chances that we had. I mentioned in the, in the opening statement that I didn't think our press was connected as it needed to be. And you could see that we were away from each other for a while, the, the majority of the group. But regarding the goals coming in the first or second half, you know, we had enough chances in the first half to score goals. So that's what I'm happy with. I, I think we, we could have finished off some chances. We could have been up one nothing, or 2 nothing, and we weren't. Um, when you have an expected goals of 2.5 or something like that, you're doing pretty well in a game. You also have to give El Salvador credit because those guys fought. And I mentioned in the pregame about how they press the ball and how they move forward and get after it. And they, they did exactly that. So, so give them credit as well. But overall, we created enough in the first half. We just unfortunately didn't get the score. Next will be Doug McIntyre from Fox. Thanks, Michael. Hey, Greg, congrats on the win. Just curious, Weston's status. He looked like he was limping at the end there. Uh, and on, on that note, I mean, how much squad rotation should we expect for Canada now that this first game's out of the way. Thank you. We're going to have to assess everyone um, tomorrow and see where they're at and then make decisions on the lineup for Canada. But regarding Weston, he, he seemed fine. Maybe maybe he took a bruise or something, but we don't expect it to be anything major. I have spoken to medical and, and nothing came up. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so a lot to pick apart there from Greg Berhalter's post-match press conference. You raised an eyebrow, Herc, when we was talking about Jesus Ferreira. Why? Well, when they spoke about 11 of the 13 goals, I believe was a number that have come from outside of the nine position. Your nine's not scoring goals. You got two goals, and I believe it's Ricardo Pepe goals, yeah, right? Yeah. So you need to find a way of getting your nine service. If not, it doesn't matter who you play there. If all you want is somebody to create movement and facilitate others in the nine position so others can shine, okay. But the idea of a nine is to score goals. Mm. And if you're a nine in this national team, you're on here because you've shown or proven the ability to score goals at some point in your club career. Jesus Ferreira, maybe not a nominal nine with FC Dallas, maybe plays more as a, you know, 10 or a facilitator back there underneath the nine. Maybe that's why he likes him. Maybe that's why he thinks he can set others up because that's what he does for his club team. Uh, yeah, he links up well because that's what he's supposed to do. But you see that he's not a nine. You saw him in those positions that maybe a nominal nine doesn't go with the outside of the right foot. Maybe he goes with his head. Maybe he goes with the left foot. Maybe another nine, his movement is a little cleaner inside the box. Maybe a little more comfortable back to goal. Uh, to no fault of Jesus Feita's own. Uh, he's not that nine. He's being asked to play it, but this is a chance you have to bury. And a majority of nines do bury. A majority of other people should bury. He didn't. And sometimes that'll change the game Look, or the course of the game. Hurt, this, this was a question we had when this qualifying cycle started: was you know not having you know that experienced number nine that goal scorer that you've counted on doesn't really feel like we're any closer again. to that answer does it? it 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 doesn't look that way i think we were all hoping that somebody would emerge and somebody would become that guy but still even if they emerge you're still talking about a 19 20 21 year old you know you're not talking you don't have him he's not he's not there it doesn't exist i think when qualifying started i think there was a hope from greg that that maybe Josie Altidore would roll back the years and maybe bridge that gap a little bit. Um, that doesn't look like Josie's going to be fit and, and be part of this uh, this setup. So you're really hoping, again, for a young guy to really step up and play that role. And I think what you're seeing is this guy for a little bit, this guy for a little bit, maybe this guy out of the squad, this guy maybe back into the squad. And look, it's frustrating because you see so much talent all around 
You see guys stepping up. We talked about Anthony Robinson earlier. That left back spot looks like it's nailed down. Walker Zimmerman looks like he's really nailed down that center back role. I thought Richards was very solid in the back today, playing week in and week out for Hoffenheim. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of positions that have been taken care of, but the nine is still open. Mm. Uh, whether it's the nine or not, finishing seems to be an issue for this team. How worried about you are kind of the lack of clinical ability of the United States? You know, if we talk about a, a clear number nine, the clear number nine for me is most of the time less touches on the ball. Correct. Absolutely. But the moment they get the chance, they have two chances, at least one goal. In that how easy it is. They tap them in and they do it. This is like most of the time. If you look at the the Bayern Munichs and all that stuff, what had they had the Ribery on the wing, they had the Robin, and then they had whoever was playing in the middle, less running than all the guys on the field. But and if less had touches the chance, yes, is anyone on the field. Touches all Impactful the touches. And if you yeah. get yeah, if the ball it's comes in, they they however the ball get, bumps up and it's a goal. You get twenty touches, but two of them are goals, who cares? Mm. Yeah, listen. You know, that's that's what's about. It's about that discipline of staying central. Always making those little movements, getting off the shoulder of somebody, waiting for that mistouch. What was the touch? You know, with the with the with the goal that um, that Ferreira missed from almost the goal line. It's that first run of the far post, but then being in the right spot. I thought Greg made a good point that you're more worried when you're not getting in the positions, mm. but then. That's still the point. What was the criticism on Josh Sargent? Yeah. Not scoring enough goals. Correct. What's well, been the criticism on Ricardo Pepe? Hasn't been scoring enough goals lately. So then Jesus Ferreira gets a chance, and what does he do? He gets himself in a couple good positions and doesn't score the goals. You described a player. Of the nines in the pool for the United States, who do you think is closest to being that guy? Whose profile fits that type of player? Is it Pepe? That's what popped into my mind when you were describing it. Yeah, I, I would go. I would give him the, you know, if I'm the coach, I would, I would try to help him out. In if I say like today, I think Craig Behalder made the, a move on movements. This is why he picked Ferreira. Right. But if I would be saying like I need to go, I would maybe put Salas in there yeah. as the number nine today and let him start because yeah. it's a home game. People behind him, you know, and and I'm pretty sure that one of the chances would uh, Ferreira had, I think Salas will put down. Hmm. You know, and it's tough. We, we can say yes or no today or like not now after the game, but, you know, well, it's... But, but Greg makes that conversation that Brendan Aronson doesn't start because he hasn't been playing. And Jazzy Zardes plays one game in a friendly against Bosnia. And, you know, yeah, it, it's an awkward situation Correct. all the way yeah. around. Yeah. One thing that we talked about a lot in the build-up to this game, not just pre-game, like in the days, was the venue the conditions and yet did it what, what kind of impact did it have Casey I think if they'd won 4-0 the impact was there to right. be seen uh, it, it really didn't cause it didn't the help problem. the United States they didn't get How, off but, to a fast but, but, start. but here's but here's the question and this is what I'm gonna pose is it was a 1-0 grind so smallest of percentages helped you mm. get that 1-0 grind if you're in Orlando and they've got three hours less travel. It's nice and comfortable. Maybe El Salvador scrambles a draw out of this game. Or maybe you or maybe you play them off the pitch and you win yeah. four. No, no, come on. Yeah. And yeah. It impacted my feet. I'm cold. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, it it no, impacted us a, right, us a lot more that, than it this, impacted them. This guy's them. wearing five blankets right now. <laughs> the, 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 there is no impact on the field, and there shouldn't have been. There wasn't pouring snow. Wait a second. You, said, you said they would get off to a slow start because of this. Yep. Yeah, but. To be honest, like if you look at it, this this is the the weather conditions. We're not talking about the impact and the problems on the field conditions because that is no. Concacaf normally. If you go down to Jamaica or Trinidad or wherever, the condition of the field make it tough for you to play because you're trying to take the quality back. But here, come on, let's it's just, just another slow start. It was yeah. just another slow start. That exactly. was the disruption of the elements was yeah. another slow start. But right. you got three points in Columbus. Yeah. Mm. There you go. There you go. Three <laughs> points in Columbus, something we have seen plenty of times. Many times. From the U.S. men's national team. Casey, Jermaine, you guys have been great. Thank you so much for the time. We're going to let you guys go. Go get warm. Yeah. We will. Uh, get, the, uh, get the hot tub going there for us. Uh, coming up Leave a little those bit. blankets. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, do not take the blankets with you. Hey, coming up, we got the She Believes Cup here on ESPN. The U.S. women's national team kicking off uh, their year in February. First of three matches coming on Thursday, February 17th, the United States against the Czech Republic. You can watch that one on ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tanto Raúl como... Este, Kumuchuki no pueden ser de la partida, pero es la selección de México, no es la selección solamente de tres futbolistas. Ah, creo que no soy la solución, soy una opción más. Y estamos todos este, muy conscientes de lo que nos jugamos en estos tres partidos, ¿no? And Jamaica down in the office in Kingston tonight. Let's get you caught up with all the highlights from this one. Tata Martino under all sorts of pressure. 17th minute. Andre Blake, huge save from Uriel Antuna. Yeah, one of the CONCACAF uh, region's best goalkeepers. And oh, Damian Lowe, what a challenge. Andres Guardado taking the brunt of that. Ooh. Go to VAR, VAR. What do you think, Seb? I think that's a red. <laughs> you I think? I think that's a red. But Jamaica down a man in the 50th minute would go up a goal. No surprises from a set piece. No surprises from a set piece. How many times have you heard this? Tata Martino's men cannot defend set pieces and then it's over? No, it's not. Oh, oh. Andre Blake. Henry Martino you're gonna, you're gonna blame finish. Andre Blake? Are you not gonna blame Andre Blake? So that's the first step in La Remontada. Here comes the second. Alexis Vega. Oh no. Two goals in Liga Mekis play. He caps it off with his third of the year. I know you like that. Ooh, what a comeback for Mexico. Of course, set pieces has never been L3 strength. But in the end, a comeback win is a comeback win. Three points down in the office, something the US men's national team couldn't even get in their trip oh, to Kingston. Go. Okay. Boy, I, I um, see where we're going with this. So I just have to say this, Herc, and we're going to bring in Mauricio Pedrosa in a second. But as we look at this result and the nature in which it happens, when you think of all the pressure that Tata Martino was under coming into this match, and with 10 minutes to go, they're looking at a third straight qualifying defeat. What happened in those last 10 minutes might have saved some jobs. I accidentally opened up my Twitter, and that <laughs> timeline was flaming. It was blazing. It was buzzing. Tata Martino was all but gone. Mm. And you can bet, you can bet, the general public and the media are having a field day with Tata Martino because that was that was pulled out of nothing, thin air. Uh, does it tell us something about how the team feels about the manager? Is there something to say, wow, they, they played to save his job here, they knew what was on the line? Is it a reaction based on, on all the tension we've been hearing between the I, manager I, I, and team? I don't think so because look at who look at the guys who made an impact, the guys who scored. They're not your regulars, so maybe those are guys trying to earn a World mm -hmm. Cup place. Maybe those are guys who are thinking like, hey, this guy brought me in, if he's still here, I'm still here. All right, so uh, before we bring in Mauricio Pedrosa, then uh, let's take a look at the Mexico 11 for this game against Jamaica down in Kingston. A, a very, very difficult game for Mexico. They go down a goal, playing against 10 men Jamaica, uh, and then storm back with a couple goals in the last 10 minutes. So Andres Guardado started in midfield. I thought that was a, a little bit of a surprise. A very experienced central defense with Hector Moreno and uh, Nestor Araujo. That's a good way of putting it. In, yeah, you know, you like that one. Yeah, Uriel Antuna and Alexis Vega, interesting starters uh, out wide. And of course, uh, Rogelio Funes Mori with no. Raul Jimenez, no Chucky Lozon, a lot of big pieces. No Cesar Montes uh, for this Mexico team tonight. All right, without further ado, let's kick off this edition of Three Questions by welcoming in our good friend Mauricio. Pedrosa. So, Mao, we just got a look at that starting 11 for Tata Martino. Uh, I guess we should start with 
the negative, because that's what we do here on Football <laughs> Americas. Uh, so what was, what was the biggest problem for Tata Martino tonight until the 80th minute? Well, guys, I think Tata Martino underestimated the Jamaican team or probably overestimated what that starting 11 he thought was able to do because Mexico was completely inoperant when you consider how he thought the team should have played. And, and, and there were many pl- problems along the first half. When, when the game was 11 v 11, it was actually sort of an even game. Yes, Mexico created a lot of chances, but I would say once Jamaica saw that red card and they had to play 50 plus minutes with 10 men, they just got tired of chasing the ball and chasing the Mexican players. Once Tata Martino brought in fresh legs, Diego Lainez, Sebi, Diego Lainez played great, man. I thought of you all along the second half because Diego Lainez was, again, a difference maker. But Tecatito mm. Corona and Alexis Vega, who was actually really good during the game, once those fresh legs were there, it was Mexico's game. That's how they were able to turn that result around. But very, very concerning performance. And again, you, do, you mentioned set pieces we'll talk about in a moment, but... The way Tata Martino celebrated both goals, I thought Mexico had won the World Cup. But that just speaks volumes of how much pressure he's feeling because Herc is right. Fuera Tata, the hashtag Fuera Tata, Tata out, was actually trending during the game. That's how Uh-oh. bad the audience, the media, was perceiving Mexico's and performance I tonight. There, huh? I got to tell you, I was thrilled. And he didn't wait to bring in Diego Linus either, huh? He, he got to Diego Linus Ernie. It was like, break the emergency oh, glass. What, what do we say? Diego Linus, for all things, is productive. He's very much guy, so he's as a, a sub. He's I, very much so as a sub. And when I mean yeah. productive, I don't mean goals. I, I'm talking about changing the way mm. his team plays on the Mexican national team. He's proven it. How surprised were you to see Guardado in that starting 11? Very surprised. Alongside Hector Herrera. Because if there's no Edson... Well, you're taking away the guy who essentially protects the back line and protects those two. So you don't put it in a guy like Charlie Rodriguez mm. if it's a Guardado and if it's Herrera. Two guys who are on the yeah. other side of 30. What you need to do is protect them as well. You don't play both of them away against Jamaica who physically are going to out man you in the midfield physically are going to outman you when it comes to running hunting when it comes to being more physical it, it was just head scratching when i saw guardado and herrera so the jamaica goal in this match comes from a set piece as we said in the highlight uh, there's no surprise there's no, no surprise there no, no. Um, for mexico mal what do you think is the the bigger worry mm-hmm. coming out of this match for mexico that it, it took 80 minutes to finally get that that two goal breakthrough or the fact that we're still here months months maybe even years later we should say still talking about Mexico's inabilities to defend set pieces. It, it, it has to be set pieces, Sebi. Here's why. Under Juan Carlos Osorio, set mm-hmm. pieces were actually a strength of the Mexican national team. Under Tata Martino, it has become a weakness to the point in which the team has conceded 12 goals of set pieces under Tata Martino. That's not the most... Uh, that's, that's, that's not the worst part. To me, the worst part is that the other teams now have realized it and they know how to play it. I was paying attention to the way Mexico was defending those set pieces tonight. And it's some sort of mixed strategy. Three players were defending in zone, near post, far post, one man in the middle. That was Rogelio Funes Mori, who was bad, by the way. The, mm. J- Jamaica's goal is actually a very poor defending for, from Rogelio Funes Mori and then the rest playing men. Teams have realized how to attack that. So it's now clearly a weakness because when you consider, all things considered, Mexico has good players who should be better defending those set pieces. Mm. But it is an absolute weakness. In terms of goal scoring, I understand why we should feel somehow concerned, but I believe this team can play so much better. In the end, Mexico created 19 chances tonight. Yes, they were only able to convert a couple of times, but that tells me that the volume of play, offensive play is there. The goals will eventually come. Well, you know, Mauricio just mentioned something that I think is very important. He said other teams, the opposition already knows they can hurt you that way. Do I have to remind you about both finals, the the CONCACAF Nations League final and what was the Gold Cup final? How were those games won? How were they scored for the U.S. men's national team? All set pieces. Mm. 
Hey, uh, Mal, I got to say, we've been talking about the U.S. game here quite a bit, and we say, hey, you know, they didn't play well, but they got the three points. Let's put that in the context of yeah. what Mexico just did. They went away to Jamaica, which we know is a tough place to get three points, and they won, and they did so without star after star after star after star. Surely that will weigh in Tata Martino's favor. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I hear why. This is... This is a very poor Jamaican team. Number one, they have, they have been a huge disappointment. I think before the octagonal started, we all thought, hey, Jamaica might be the team that no one's taking into account that can make actually the run and qualify for the World Cup. Far from true. They have been horrible. They have not been great. Well, they played with 10 men for like the that second, whole second be, half. That would be okay. my next point, Herc. And they were playing with 10 men. With 10 men, they took the lead, and then they were able to hold on to that result yeah. for 80-plus minutes. So, no, I, I, I think we do have to question why Mexico had to wait till the 80, 82nd minute to score the equalizer and then to finally turn the result around. But I find no comfort in saying that, oh, yes, we played away. Yes, it was Jamaica. Yes, you got three points. We should be celebrating. Absolutely not. It, is, it was a very, very concerning performance. Once more from this Mexican national team. Go ahead. Yeah, no, very concerning because there's that, you know, old saying in Mexico, como, jugamos como nunca, perdimos como siempre. <laughs> you know, we, we played like Isn't we Isn't this the opposite have. of that? No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying. But... But you're supposed to win this, right? If you're playing against a 10-man Jamaica team, you're supposed to win. It just felt like a little bit of the same. And Mal is right. With the type of star power excuse me, that Mexico has, you expect more of a dominating performance. We just sat here and you just killed the U.S. Men's National Team for winning 1-0 against 11 men who are very disciplined. You can't who are tell me. Please, who are seventh. You can't who tell me. Who have won me. one out of eight games. You can't tell me that you feel good about hearing that Mexico with a man up. Going for, away in CONCACAF and winning three points. Yeah, I feel good about it. For a man it. up. Yeah, I feel good about it without Edson, without Chucky, without Tata. Raul. You can't tell me Tata should feel good about it. You can't tell me you shouldn't be questioned. Come on. Sebi. That's come a on. blessing if Tecatito doesn't the, start. Let's all the stars didn't Sebi. play. Go ahead, Mal. I want to stop you right there. And you know I'm always, listen, man. When, it's, when it is about debating with Herc and trying to make Herc You're look bad. You're always on my side. You, you my guy. It is mi hermano. But this time, man, I have to be with Herc. And you're absolutely wrong, and here's why. I mm -hmm. do not understand why we once again have to take my calculator out and start crunching the numbers. Will Mexico truly qualify caminando, walking like, like once Ricardo Lavolpe La, La famously said? The answer is no. And here's the other problem. Gerardo Martino is making $2.2 million yeah. a year to make this team Net. better. This is yeah. a quality squad. This is a very good roster. And so far, I have not seen how this manager is making these players do better on the field. The complete opposite. And again, I have to do math. I have to crunch the numbers. And I'm calling my travel agent to realize if I have to go to New Zealand later in the year. <laughs> I'm not complaining. But, man, I like making plans. And I might have to reserve a flight to book a flight to New Zealand later yeah. this year. And you guys there as well. Is. You guys Mauricio as well. Pedrosa, ahora nunca. You will see him in New Zealand for repechaje. Maybe he won't be covering Mexico, but he will be there covering it for ESPN and ESPN Deportes. Mal, thanks as always for the time. Thanks for staying up late with us tonight out My there man. on the West Coast. We appreciate stay you as warm, always. Stay warm, boys. Stay warm. <laughs> yeah, much easier in Los Coast. Angeles than uh, Columbus. Staying up late in the West Coast? Oh, he's staying late somewhere. It's late here. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, Honduras, Canada. Game that uh, just finished up between these two down in San Pedro Sula. Let's pick up the action here in the 10th. Oh, go ahead, Tejan. Tejan Buchanan just made the move to Belgium. Oh, no, McDonald's. Fires it across. Own goal. Uh, look. Tejan does what Tejan does. It, it, you know, he's taking guys on. He finds the open space. He's looking for Kyle Lahren. Kyle Lahren, by the way, leading goal scorer of World Cup qualifying uh, in CONCACAF. But uh, McDonald, the other way. Clear it the other way. 73rd minute off the Honduras turnover. 
Canada looking for a second. Who's that? Oh, it's Jonathan David. I think you uh, say he's the best number nine in all of CONCACAF. How about Estakio's ball? How about that ball from Estakio? And that, he was a doubt. He was a doubt. That was not a doubt in that service. That was a brilliant service. The touch and run, full speed. The finish from CONCACAF's best nine, Jonathan David. He continues. By the way, Jonathan David, Matt Turner going to Arsenal. I saw his name linked to Arsenal as well. Uh, no Alfonso Davies. Yeah. Canada go on the road. I know Honduras is struggling. I know they're last in the octagonal. But okay. still, that's a really impressive result without your star man. Yeah. Absolute an impressive result. Uh, when there were doubts, when when the U.S. showed doubts, when Mexico showed doubts, guess who didn't? Canada. And without their best player. No, 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 I'm sorry. Without CONCACAF's best player. They got an impressive result. You are ready to say that they're going to win the region? You're the last on that train. You're going to be the last on I that told train you, when they win it. Three-way tie, I told you. A three-way, oh my, you can't even... My goodness. All right. Uh, well, let's talk about the next game then. Okay. Because it is Tim Horton Stadium, Hamilton, Ontario. It's going to be cold. Probably, probably a little warmer than it was here. I don't know. Today it was really, really cold early on, then it warmed up. Now, when these two teams played earlier in the World Cup qualifying process, it was a 1-1 down in Nashville. What do you expect from this one? Something very similar. I'm sure John Herdman's going to exercise a low block mm -hmm. like he did in Nashville. Uh, try to frustrate, disrupt. Anytime Christian Pulisic gets a ball, it's going to be very physical with them. And he's going to try to use their transition because even though they don't have Alfonso Davies, you still have Tejan Buchanan. Uh, you still have guys like Jonathan David. You've got guys who are very good at finding open space or finding the man in open space like Estacchio, like Jonathan Osorio. You have guys who can hurt you. Richie Larea on the right-hand side. This is a team that's very disciplined and very good in transition. So, yes, they can absolutely hurt you in that low block. Based on what we saw tonight from the United States, based on the impressive result there in Honduras for Canada, who do you think is the favorite on Sunday? Canada. Really? Even Absolutely. without Alfonso Davies? Absolutely. Canada. They're playing at home on turf. I don't care if it's only 13,000 fans. Uh, they've proven how disciplined they are. They've proven how consistent they are. When we're talking about the U.S. Men's National Team, like, do you have a set 11? Is there a disruption because you don't have the set 11? Guess who does? Mm. Canada. Guess who plays well? Guess who knows who they are? Canada. Guess who's playing at home? Canada. Oh, okay. So, a point then good enough for the U.S.? Yes. Because here's why I say. I'd sign it If now. you get nine... You're basically in. You don't even worry about the last window. Right. I mean, <laughs> if you get seven, get nine, if you get you're seven, you're gonna try to get nine, Sebi. You get seven. You're, you're gonna try to get nine, Sebi. That last window is gonna be interesting. Why would you try to get nine, Sebi? But right, that's it. A point. That's it from here in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for watching this edition of Football Americas. We'll see you next time. Find your glove. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs>